Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back into the Above the Rim podcast hosted by yours truly, Tyler here. And we are back after a short layoff due to the coronavirus and really the postponement of last season. So short layoff for me and all of these NBA teams, but I am certainly glad to be back back and we have a lot going on in the nba i'm sure you can tell by the title man it is chaos in the nba right now and that's because everything is so condensed into such a short time period we got trades going down we got the draft tomorrow and it is not every year where the night before the draft the nba draft kind of becomes a backstory but that is certainly the case this year with everything going on i mean russell westbrook wants out of houston we'll get into that a little bit james harden wants out of houston and he is eyeing the nets as his top pick but he also has said he wouldn't mind going to the sixers we will get into that a little bit and then obviously chris paul got traded to the phoenix suns what does that mean for them going forward where is their ceiling at for next year and the lakers staying Staying in the news, they are making moves. They are not staying pat. They get Dennis Schroeder on their team. What a big pickup that was. I'll give you my opinion on that. And, of course, the Milwaukee Bucks doing everything they can to keep Giannis bringing in Drew Holiday and Bogdan Bogdanovich. I will tell you what that means for the future of the Bucks and what that means for the future, really, of Giannis Antetokounmpo. So we have a whole lot to get into today. So let's just get this thing started. And it is the biggest story happening in the NBA right now. So it is only fitting that we start here, and that is with the Houston Rockets. Of course, it all started with Russell Westbrook demanding a trade out of Houston. And those of you that follow my Facebook, yes, I am on Facebook. It's just above the rim. You can find me on Facebook if you search for that. And I, as I said on there, it is hard for me to believe Russell Westbrook wants out of Houston and James Harden doesn't as well. And that's exactly what's happening. You know, I could spend quite a bit of time on Russell Westbrook, but the truth is there's not a lot of teams interested. There's only two from what I've heard, and that's the Knicks or the Hornets. Obviously, he is a part of the Jordan brand, so Michael Jordan, as the owner of the Hornets, would want him there, so that makes sense. But the New York Knicks would also make sense for Russell Westbrook. I mean, we know he's in the fashion. We know he's in the things like that, and that would give New York a big ticket seller for whenever fans can come back into the stands. So right now, those are really only the two takers that I've heard for Russell Westbrook, so not a lot to talk about there. But there is a ton to talk about with James Harden because as reported last night by Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, James Harden officially turned down, I believe it was a two-year, $100 million contract, something that would make him paid $50 million a year, which would be the highest in NBA history. He turned that down last night, and from what Wojnowski or Woj tweeted, he turned it down while also saying he would like to be dealt to the Nets, and... For those of you wondering if James Harden was actually serious about leaving Houston, this is your answer, folks. You don't turn down $50 million a year if you are not serious about leaving. And there's a reason why he did this, and mainly because Daryl Morey, when he was the GM of the Rockets, he shipped all of their assets to get Chris Paul the first time, 
and then the second time to get Russell Westbrook. So they have no assets left. They have nowhere to go from where they are right now. And quite frankly, they're just not going to be a contender, especially with all these teams in the West. I mean, the Western Conference is a bloodbath. So James Harden sees the writing on the wall, and it is basically the West. You just can't do anything in the West right now. It is too stacked. So get to the East and mainly get out of Houston and that is what being reported and is being reported like I said that he wants to go to the Nets but they've also said that the Philadelphia 76ers are a second option for him but let's just let's just look at the Nets right now and you might be wondering how could he turn down 50 million dollars well I mean the thing to that is because he doesn't need money the only thing left James Harden has to prove in the NBA is to win a championship. And now when he left OKC, obviously OKC could not give him the deal that they wanted to give him. And right then and there, he was a young player. You know, you're young. It is about getting paid when you're young. But once you get paid and you accumulate all that money as you get older and you're a star like James Harden is, the only thing missing is that hardware. The only thing missing is the hardware. And that seems to be what he is chasing. And I don't mind it. I really don't. He's 32 of the age. I don't blame him. That is all he has left to prove. And we've seen throughout the past years that this is what players will do. They will accumulate money and then they will go try to get themselves a championship if they haven't won one way. We saw it with KD. We saw it with LeBron. I mean, we see it really with all of these guys and it should come as no surprise because Houston's not going anywhere in terms of next season, so I don't blame James Harden one bit for demanding a trade and wanting out. But before we even get into if he actually will be dealt to the Nets, because my goodness, it is hard to keep up with the rumors on that. So we'll get into that a little bit later, but let's just go with the hypothetical right now and ask ourselves, would Harden to the Nets actually work? Is this a smart move for James Harden and is it a smart move for the Nets so let's just get into that a little bit now let's just start with the Nets side of things because that that's a bit simpler to me James Harden's side of things is where it gets a little more complicated but the Nets side of things this is a no-brainer look if you can pull this off you do it you have a chance to pair James Harden with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant if you have a chance, you do it. And James Harden is one of those players. If you can get him, ship everybody that's not KD and Kyrie. Ship them out. Get them all out of there. Bring in James Harden because James Harden is a one-in-a-generation type of player. And he would change things for the Nets. He certainly would. And you want to talk about ticket sales? You want to talk about all eyes being on you? That's how Brooklyn overtakes New York. I'll tell you right now, that is how Brooklyn overtakes New York. They get James Harden, you won't even hear about the Knicks. I'm not even sure they'll make the New York paper. I really not, I'm, I'm really not sure. They won't even make the paper, and that would frustrate James Dolan, and that is a way for Brooklyn to take over New York. And now, like, you know, for, for the Nets, look, this is simple. You do it. No matter what, you do it. You find a way to get this done. Now, for Harden is where it becomes a little more complicated. And the reason why I say that is because what exactly is it that James Harden wants? Now, it's been reported that he's been working out with Kyrie and Kevin Durant in Los Angeles through the offseason. And they've had talks about playing together, and they all think it could work. And that's great. 
That's great. Of course, they all think it could work. Of course they do. But it's a lot different when you actually get on the basketball court. And what I would ask James Harden is, what are you trying to accomplish? If you're trying to really sacrifice to win rings, well, then this is a no-brainer. But if you're not really trying to sacrifice that much, then you can't do this. You can't. And now this, this is my hesitancy about this whole thing with Harden to the Nets. Do I think KD and James Harden could work? Oh, you bet you I think they could work. I think they would be one of the best duos in the league. Easy. I think it would be easy because we know Kevin Durant can play without the ball. He did it in Golden State with Steph Curry. Steph Curry was the dominant ball handler on that team. Kevin Durant played without the ball, and he won two championships, two finals MVPs. Would have been three if he didn't get hurt. So there's no doubt in my mind that KD and Harden would work. Where it becomes a little dicey is Kyrie and Harden. And I was a little shocked to read yesterday that actually they've talked as well about this and that they want to team up as well because – Look, in a car, there's only two front seats, fellas. In a car, there's only two front seats. There's not three. So that means someone's taking a back seat. And who is it going to be? If you ask me, you got KD and Harden. I'm sorry, Kyrie. I mean, you hit one of the biggest shots in NBA history, but you got to take the back seat, my dude. You take the back seat to KD and Harden, mainly because James Harden needs to play with the basketball. He needs to play with the basketball. And I say that because have you ever seen James Harden play without the basketball? It's ugly. He doesn't know how to play without the basketball. When's the last time you've seen James Harden play without the basketball, run off the screen, or cut to the lane, do any of these things without the basketball? He doesn't do those things. Even when Russell Westbrook had the ball last year, James Harden would just stand in the corner and basically do nothing. He basically becomes a decoy. He's not an active offensive player. So you certainly cannot have Harden play without the ball. If you make this trade, you're kind of basically saying that Harden's going to be the ball handler and that Kyrie is going to have to learn to play without the ball. And this is where I have a problem with this fit because Kyrie partly left Cleveland because he didn't want to share the ball with LeBron. So how is that going to work with James Harden? I mean, unless you told me that James Harden's committed to playing without the ball or Kyrie's committed to playing without the ball and they're committed to becoming those type of players, I I would maybe believe you. But the thing is, right now, have we seen any evidence of that being the case? We've seen absolutely none of that from either of those players. So we really expect these players to change the way that they've played, the way that they've played the last five, six years. I mean, I I don't see that. And this is all really confusing and chaotic to me. And the reason why Kyrie and Harden won't work, mainly because they both view themselves as Batman. And even though in this big three, if it were to hypothetically happen, because that's what we're going with here, if it were to hypothetically happen, Kyrie would have to take the third wheel spot. And something tells me, and I've known Kyrie since he was in Cleveland. I've been paying attention to him. Something tells me Kyrie is not going to be okay with being a third option. No way, no how. It's not going to happen. That's not in Kyrie's DNA. And mainly the biggest problem with this is he does not view himself that way. Now to me... That's the single biggest roadblock into why this wouldn't work is James Harden and Kyrie. 
That is the single biggest roadblock. Like I said, I know KD and Harden would work, and I'm going to come at you with a little bit of a hot take here because Houston's kind of already said that they're not going to accept a trade package from Brooklyn unless it includes Kyrie or KD. So this is a little hot take here. If I'm Kevin Durant, I'm looking and I'm saying, yeah, I know me and Kyrie are boys, and I don't think this will happen, so don't don't mistake me. This is not going to happen, but I'm just hypothetical out there. If I were KD, I'm looking around, I'm saying, you know, Kyrie, you're great and all, but you ain't no James Harden. And me and James Harden would be two top five players in the league as a duo, and we would be probably the most dangerous duo in the league. No question when it comes to offensively. No question would they be the most dangerous duo in the league. And that's a little bit of a hot take there, but if I'm Kevin Durant, that's really what I'm thinking right now. That is really what I'm thinking. Now I said I don't think it'll happen because Kevin Durant and Kyrie, obviously Kevin Durant's kind of put himself in that marriage, but, you know, you never know. And before I get too off topic, let's just talk about the hypothetical. Now, if it did happen, if James Harden did somehow find his way onto the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie and KD, obviously all of the big networks like ESPN, Fox, NBA TV, obviously everyone would have Brooklyn heavily favored to win the championship. That's no surprise because they would have the best team on paper. And NBA history shows you if you have the best team on paper, if you have the best superstars, more than likely, most of the time, you win the championship. So a lot of people would have them in the driver's seat to win the East and win the championship. No doubt about it. No matter what I think. No matter if I think chemistry would be a problem. And we all know chemistry would be a problem. Chemistry matters. We all saw it this year. Everyone thought the Clippers were going to go win the championship, but Kawhi Leonard and Paul George did not have good chemistry, and LeBron and Anthony Davis did. Who won the championship? Chemistry matters in this league. But if this did happen, like I said, everyone would have them favored. But if we're being honest, and if I'm being honest with you, the best move for both Harden and the Rockets would be to trade James Harden to the Philadelphia 76ers. It would be certainly a no-brainer for the Rockets because, as I've said before, They've already told the Nets that they're not going to accept the trade without Kyrie and KD. Now, I don't know how true that is. That could just be a bluff. But they've told the Nets that. So what that tells me is they are trying to get a star slash superstar in return for James Harden rather than a big package of very good players, which is what the Nets were going to offer initially. And if you're looking for that, if you're Houston, obviously you would want Ben Simmons. That is a no-brainer because he is a star, borderline superstar. He has the potential to be a superstar if he finally could somehow put it together. So that would be a great trade for Houston, and it would be like they wouldn't have to really start all over. They could build around Ben Simmons. They could still play their small ball. They could still be a transition basketball team and shoot a lot of threes. It really wouldn't change much for the Houston Rockets to do that trade. And for Harden, it would be better because he could play at least more similarly to the way that he plays now with the 76ers than with the Nets. And I say that because, no, he would not hold the ball all the time like he does now with the 76ers, but the ball would more than likely be in his hands most of the time, which is just like what he's used to. 
and he would be still the number one option on that team. I'm not sure you could say that about the Nets. I mean, that's probably going to be KD's spot to be the number one option. And then also, he would get to play with Joel Embiid, a player like he's never played with before. He's never played with a big man as talented as Joel Embiid. As Joel Embiid. And I'm just imagining the deadly pick and rolls. And just, just I'm just imagining, how do you guard that team? I mean, that would be amazing. And not to mention, he would be playing under Doc Rivers. Probably the best coach that he would have in his career up to this point. And then they would only be battling the Nets for Eastern Conference supremacy, probably. I mean, that's how I would view the move to Philadelphia. So I don't think the move to Philadelphia would be a bad thing, considering even if, say they battle the Nets and the Bucks, if they get James Harden, say Philadelphia, their biggest competition is the Nets and the Bucks and the Heat. Well, guess what James Harden would have? The biggest mismatch, excuse me, on the floor with Joel Embiid. Nobody in the Eastern Conference can check Joel Embiid. The reason why they can right now is because Ben Simmons can't develop a jumper. You switch out Ben Simmons with James Harden, Joel Embiid exponentially becomes a lot better of a player and a lot more of a threat. He just does. James Harden has that ability. He does make players around him better. Not to say P.J. Tucker's bad or anything, but... James Harden did help get P.J. Tucker a huge contract. He did. James Harden does make players around him better. And him with Joel Embiid compared to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, that's night and day to me. Now, I heard a report that the Sixers weren't going to trade Ben Simmons for anybody. That's a mistake. I mean, if you have a chance to get a James Harden, look, you do that. (laughs) Ben Simmons has not shown you enough yet to warrant that type of respect where you wouldn't trade him for a James Harden. He has not done any of that yet. So to me, that makes a lot more sense for both the Rockets and the 76ers than a Nets trade does for the Rockets, or James Harden for that matter. It'll be certainly interesting to see what happens, but where James Harden goes, and I do think he will be traded. Now, the Rockets are under no obligation to trade him. He is on a contract for two more years, so they could hang on to him, but my gut instinct is after they just traded Robert Covington yesterday to the Trailblazers, my gut instinct tells me that this team is blowing it up and that they do not expect James Harden to be there at the start of the season. And if that's the case... Where James Harden goes is going to depend on how high the Rockets are on Ben Simmons. That's what it's going to depend on. That is going to be the deciding factor. If Tillman Fertitta, the Rockets owner, and Steven Silas and all those guys are high on Ben Simmons, he'll go to the 76ers. Excuse me. If they are low on Ben Simmons, then he might just he might just find himself on the nets. So really interesting to see what happens here coming down in the next few weeks. I do think something could get done soon. We'll have to wait and see. There's a lot of rumors swirling. There's rumors swirling that Harden's already been traded. There's already been a verbal agreement. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that. I don't think that's happened yet. Obviously, you'd hear it from ESPN first if it did. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But 
if I'm Harden, the 76ers or the Nets look good to me. I would probably want to go to the 76ers. And if I'm the Rockets, if I can get Ben Simmons, I'm doing that trade over the Nets trade. That's just what I'm doing. In other news, there were some other big trades that happened yesterday. There were some actual trades that happened yesterday. Excuse me. One of them being Chris Paul was dealt officially to the Phoenix Suns, making up that backcourt of Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Obviously, that is going to be a backcourt to contend with. That is going to be a problem. And in return for Chris Paul, the Thunder got Kelly Oubre Jr., Jr., excuse me, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, and a 2022 first-round picks from the Suns. Now, the Thunder clearly, we'll just talk about them for a second before we move on to the Suns. The Thunder are rebuilding, and they are doing a hell of a job of it. Sam Presti is doing a hell of a job. I can't remember last I saw, but... I think it was last I saw until 2027, the Thunder have like 16 first round draft picks. That is what they've been able to accumulate off of Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Chris Paul, and among others. And they're still looking to trade Steven Adams from what I'm hearing. So keep your eye on the Thunder. This could be a quick rebuild. They are accumulating draft picks, and that puts them not only in good positions to draft great players, great young players, but it also puts them in a great position to make trades for other great players. So we'll see what Sam Presti does down there in Oklahoma City, but they certainly have a fantastic shot of doing something and rebuilding quickly. Now on to the Phoenix Suns. So Chris Paul obviously joins the Suns. He joins a core of Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, a team that went 8-0 in the bubble reseeding games or seeding games, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter to me. So what does this mean for the Suns? To me, this means that they have a legitimate shot to be a middle-of-the-pack Western Conference team. I actually think they could be vying for the five, maybe even the four seed. I do. I really do. There are some teams out there that we have seen that have not made moves and have not gotten better while a lot of teams have. And I look at the Phoenix Suns as a team that is definitely going to compete with the Dallas Mavericks. They definitely have a chance to compete with the likes of the Trailblazers, the Jazz. I mean, they might even be better than those teams right now. I literally might take the Suns right now over those teams. And what it does for the Suns is it keeps Devin Booker happy. It's been reported that Devin Booker wanted Chris Paul. Now they got Chris Paul. So obviously Devin Booker is going to be happy and it's going to renew his faith in that organization to get him players that he wants which is good for the organization and it's good for him now i don't think it makes the suns a contender like no i'm not saying that i'm not do i think they make the western conference finals no do i think they're a top four team in the west no i don't there are teams out there better than them but what this does is they're in the mix for that five to eight seed they are in the mix most definitely and i like the move I do like the move. They didn't give up much for Chris Paul. Now, even though he is aging, this is kind of a, you know, make the playoffs and make some noise now type of thing. But I'm thinking they're hoping that Chris Paul can really shed some experience and some knowledge to Devin Booker, who really needs it. Devin Booker is a, 
He's a great A player. He really is. I just think he lacks experience. He's never been in the big moment, and I think Chris Paul can give him a few of those things that he's lacking, and it's a great move for the Phoenix Suns. I applaud them. It is a great move. Now, Chris Paul, I would have rathered him went to somewhere like Milwaukee, somewhere where he had a chance to compete for a championship because I just don't think he has a chance to compete for a title with the Suns. But this is the next best thing. Look, you have a team that can compete for the middle of the pack of the West, and you can really, you know, push Devin Booker forward in his development. And I like what this Suns team is doing. Devin Booker is going to be the talk of this trade with Chris Paul because obviously that's the backcourt, but you can't forget DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton is going to get some easy buckets due to Chris Paul being there, and we might see his game go to the next ceiling as well. So a lot of interesting things going on with the Suns, and I love the trade for them getting Chris Paul. Good on them for that, and the Suns will be a very entertaining team to watch coming this season. And even though I think the Chris Paul trade could have the Suns competing for the fourth seed in the West, I don't think that necessarily means they'll be a top four team in the West. I mean, the West is just so, so crazy and so chaotic and such a bloodbath that it would be hard for me to put them as a top four team in the West, even though I do think them getting a top four or five seed could definitely be possible, but... We all know just because what seed you get doesn't mean that you're that good of a team. You know what I'm saying? We saw the Bucks as the one seed lose in the playoffs to the Heat last year, for example. And we've seen that time and time again. So just because they get a certain seed doesn't mean they're that good of a team per se. It just means that they had a really good regular season. And I definitely could see that in the fold for the Phoenix Suns. But we'll just have to wait and see. And in other news, this happened a few days ago. The Los Angeles Lakers traded for Dennis Schroeder of the Oklahoma City Thunder, sending Oklahoma City the 28th pick in tomorrow's draft and Danny Green for Dennis Schroeder. Now, obviously for the Lakers, their goal is going to be to repeat. So the big question is, does this move make them better? And the answer to me is quite simple. Yes, it does. It does. I don't know how they're planning on using Schroeder, but if I had to guess, it would be off the bench because that's the role he played this past year. And in that role, he averaged almost 19 points a game. So he's someone that gives the Lakers another option on scoring, someone that maybe the Lakers thought Kuzma could become. I certainly thought Kuzma could become it last year. He obviously didn't become it, so now the Lakers make a move to get another score. And I like the move for the Lakers. I really do, especially if he's going to come off the bench. This is someone that can take some pressure off of LeBron. And not only can he do that, when LeBron and AD are getting double teamed like we know they will, he is a good spot-up three-point shooter, and he proved that this season. So he is someone that the Lakers needed, and he's a better shooter than Rajon Rondo. And Rajon Rondo had an amazing playoffs. He did, don't get me wrong. The Lakers do not win the title without him. But the difference here being he not only takes pressure off of LeBron with ball handling, but he's just a better shooter than Rondo. And that's what LeBron thrives with, is teammates around him that can shoot the three. And Rob Palinka continues to do an amazing job with the Lakers. Now, am I sad to see Danny Green go? Of course I am. Of course I am. But 
this season, he didn't really hold up his end of the bargain. I was just talking with a buddy at work today. Danny Green used to be a sniper from three. You would see him shoot a three, especially with the Spurs and even with the, the Toronto Raptors in the playoffs. You'd see him shoot a three, and you would think it was going in. But this year, that kind of changed. He struggled throughout the playoffs this year, and especially from three. So the Lakers kind of had no choice but to get rid of him, mainly because they think Rajon Rondo is going elsewhere in free agency, whether that be to the Hawks or the Clippers. Rumors right now say he is going to try to get his way to the Clippers, which is the most Rajon Rondo thing you could possibly do. You know what I'm saying? Win a title for the rival. Look, he already played with the Boston Celtics, won a title there. What do he do? Go to their rival and win a title. And now who's the biggest rival to the Lakers? The Clippers. So what's he going to do? Probably go to the Clippers and try to win a title. So that's what Rajon Rondo does. And to me, this move says that they don't expect Rajon Rondo to be back. But to me, it's not a problem. I think Schroeder is better. And I think he will actually play very well alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And we'll have to see what else the Lakers do because I do not think they're done by any stretch of the imagination. But the simple question is, does this deal make the Lakers better for next season? And to me, the answer is yes. The Lakers are one of many teams that have gotten better in the past few days to me. And the other one being the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks have gotten better, and they needed to because we all know the questions surrounding Giannis Antetokounmpo and his future. Was he going to stay in Milwaukee? What is he going to do? Is he going to request a trade? Is he going to turn down the Supermax? Well, the Bucks have shown him that they are willing to make the deals and pay the money necessary to build a championship-caliber team. And for those of you that didn't know, last night, it was late last night, may I add, the Milwaukee Bucks and the New Orleans Pelicans reached a deal to send Drew Holiday to the Bucks, and that deal was for Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and three, three first-round picks from the Milwaukee Bucks to get Drew Holiday there. Now, obviously, that is a load for the Pelicans to get for Drew Holiday, and they've got to be feeling great about themselves right now, especially David Griffin. What a job he's done so far, but it does bring Holiday to Milwaukee, and before I get into the other move they made, we got to talk about Holiday right now, and I think Holiday is a fantastic fit for the Milwaukee Bucks. He obviously is one of the best defenders in the National Basketball Association, and that is what the Bucks hang their hat on is defense. That's what Giannis hangs his hat on. And obviously, Drew Holiday is a guy that can ball handle the ball. <laughs> ball handle the ball. He is a guy that can handle the basketball, and it takes pressure off of Giannis. I think a lot of times in the playoffs last year, Giannis felt like he had to do a little bit too much. Bringing in Drew Holiday helps that. It really does. And not only that, Drew Holiday is a great shooter from the outside. He is going to be an offensive weapon for this Bucks squad. I think Drew Holiday is honestly better than Eric Bledsoe. And even though George Hill had a career year last year from three, I'm not expecting George Hill to do that every year. I think that was more a blip on the radar than a trend. You know what I'm saying? So I think Drew Holiday is a massive pickup for the Bucks, and I think it massively helps Giannis stay with the squad. I do, and that's not the only move they made. They also got Bogdanovich from the Kings, another great shooter, another great offensive weapon to put around Giannis to make Giannis be able to play his game, which is dribble and drive and kick out. 
So the Milwaukee Bucks have gotten a lot better. And a part of that Bogdanovich trade, they sent away Dante DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson, and Ilyasova. So on that trade, I actually think the Bucks committed a robbery with that trade because I'm not big on DiVincenzo because he didn't play that well in the playoffs. DJ Wilson never even heard of the guy. And Ilyasova, I'm not big on him because he doesn't show up in the playoffs. So Bogdanovich is a big pickup for the Milwaukee Bucks. And now their starting five looks really scary. And I think that they might have just done enough to get Giannis to stay in Milwaukee. Now, we'll have to wait and see. There's been a lot of rumors about Giannis to the Heat and all of this jazz, but we'll wait and see. But the latest I've heard today is that Giannis is going to sign that Supermats contract. I think he has until December 21st to sign it. I don't know if they've moved it back, but originally it was December 21st as the last day to sign the Supermax for Giannis. I see him signing it now. I think the Bucks have proven to him that they are going to do what it takes to build a championship team and get championship-level talent around him. And also, I don't think they get Drew Holiday and Bogdanovich if it's not okayed with Giannis himself. And the fact that they got to keep Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez bodes really well for the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think they put themselves in great position. Now, are they favorites in the East? I'm not sure because the Nets, we don't know what's going to happen with them yet. The 76ers are still there. The Celtics are still there. So there's a lot of competition in the East right now. But does it make them better than last year? Does this Bucks team beat last year's Miami Heat team? I got to tell you, I think it does. I really do. And we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But the Milwaukee Bucks definitely got better. And we'll just have to wait and see if it's enough to keep Giannis and to get him to sign that super match contract before the season starts. So we'll see what happens with Giannis and the Bucks over there. But I also do got to talk about a hot rumor that I've heard all day today, which is trade talks between the Heat and Wizards have started to heat up. And that means trade talks between the Heat and the Wizards for Bradley Beal have started to heat up. Some people saying that it's really close to being done. I don't know what to believe on that front because I haven't heard anything about it from like any reputable sources. But I have heard that those talks are starting to heat up and that the Heat are pretty close to getting Bradley Beal, which if they did, I would have to see who they gave up to get him. But if they got Bradley Beal, that improves that team as well. So there are a lot of teams right now that are improving. And for those teams that have not tried to improve from last year, they're in some serious trouble right now. They are in some serious trouble. I'm looking at you, Nuggets. I'm looking at you, Clippers. What are you going to do to make your squad better? Because right now, those squads, they're not where they need to be to contend especially because the Nuggets lost out on Drew Holiday. We all know that's that's who they were going for. And the Clippers, we don't know what the Clippers are going to do. We knew Kawhi was trying to get CP3 over there, but now it looks like Rajon Rondo is going to commit to go to the Clippers to try to win a championship there, so that helps them, of course. But a lot of these other teams have improved mightily over the last few days. It'll be interesting to see how some of these other teams respond in the next coming few days. And... Like I said in the beginning of this podcast, it is chaos in the NBA right now, and it should be fun to see 
what happens when all this plays out before the season starts. And we can't end the show without talking about the NBA draft tomorrow. Now, I'm not going to give you my mock draft or anything like that. That's for a lot more people that pay a lot more attention to it than me. But I'm just going to give you the three things I am most looking forward to in this draft. Number one being... Who goes number one? The Timberwolves have the number one pick. Is it going to be Anthony Edwards, as everyone is suggesting? And should it be Anthony Edwards? I kind of think it should. I don't know where you guys fall on that spectrum. I would love to hear it. Let me know what you guys think about it. But is Anthony Edwards going number one? That is the that is the most interesting fact to me about this draft because the number one pick is always interesting. Number two is... What do the Warriors do with their number one or their number two pick, excuse me, and what should they do? Do they draft James Wiseman as has been suggested? And do I think that would be a good move for them? I actually do. I think James Wiseman would give them some length and I think it would give them much needed length. I think he's someone that could play a lot, play very good defense and play a lot of defense and rebound the basketball, which would be good for that team. But ultimately, what do they do with that number two pick? Do they ship him away? Are they in talks with the Wizards to try to acquire Bradley Beal and try to see who the Wizards like? I mean, it, it, it's all very interesting on what the Warriors are going to do because you just... I can't foresee them holding on to the number two pick, to be quite honest with you, because this is a team trying to win and trying to contend now. Their window is now, and it just they just don't have time to wait a few years for a pick to flourish and become a great player. So that will certainly be interesting. What do the Warriors do with their number one pick? And then number three, where does LaMelo Ball go? Are people really sour on Lonzo Ball so much so that LaMelo Ball drops out of even the top five or top ten? I think it's certainly possible. Last I've heard is he is dropping on a lot of people's boards, and that's going to be interesting. Now, me, if you're going to ask me, I like the Lakers, so I'm certainly sour on Lonzo Ball, and because I'm sour on Lonzo Ball, I wouldn't take LaMelo Ball. I wouldn't. Certainly not with the top five pick. Maybe you'd think about it with a top 10 pick, maybe even top 15. But other than that, I mean, I'm not taking LaMelo Ball. I, I've, I've seen enough from his brother. I, I, I just wouldn't do it. So there are a lot of interesting aspects to tomorrow night's draft, and it certainly will be all fun to watch. And as I said, stay tuned, guys. Things are going to get even more crazy than they have been the last few days because everything is so combined, everything is so shortened that you are going to see a lot happen within the next few weeks. So just stay tuned. The NBA doing as they do. They rule the offseason because so much always happens in the offseason in the NBA. Such a fun league. So keep your eye to that because... All this craziness we've seen so far, I guarantee you, it will not be the last of it that we see before that December 22nd start date for the NBA season. So stay tuned for all of that. And with all of that out of the way, that will do it for today's show of Above the Rim. I thank you all for being here and joining me today. We are going to have an excellent season two here 
throughout the whole season. It's going to be the first time I'm doing this throughout the whole season, so we'll see how it goes. I'm certainly super excited about it. And who knows, by the time I talk to you guys on Thursday, there might be a lot more stuff that has went down. I certainly wouldn't be surprised. So keep your eye towards that. As I've said before, also, you can find me on Facebook. Just search Above the Rim Podcast. You'll find the same art as you do in the Spotify app or podcast app or wherever you listen to the podcast. So be sure to give that a like as well. That is always appreciated. And if you guys like the podcast, give it a follow, give it a favorite wherever you listen to podcasts and let me know what you think of it. Let me know your thoughts, your opinions. I would love to know what you guys think about all of this chaos going on in the NBA because it certainly is very interesting. And as for merchandise, I should have some coming out soon. We're just waiting for it. We're kind of trying to design it right now. We'll see what we can come up with. But as always, thank you for joining me on Tuesday, November 17th. We will see you here Thursday November 19th to talk about the draft and everything else that may have happened. So we will see you then.